you know, what we believe is what we become. And people sometimes will put labels on us. And the victim label is way overused. Don't let anybody put that label on you. And remember that you can heal from anything. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance Podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hey, it is James Purdue. Hey, what you doing up here already, Carol? That's okay. We're just starting up like this, hey. When you forget to push buttons, good stuff like this happens anyway. So, here we go. That's our guest today, Cheryl. I love, and she's going to talk to. This is going to be incredible. I think this is fascinating. <laughs> that at the young age of forty-seven, her instructor, teacher, mentor. What? How? How is she called? With a dojo. Uh, what you say? It's he's actually my sensei. sensei. Mm-hmm. Yes, talked her into coming out and trying ninja style Japanese martial art, and she goes, "No, no, 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 no." Finally, three years later, she says, "Get me on the mat. I'll show you how much I'm not going to like this. I'm not going to do this. You, you're not going." And it, what happened? She becomes the first female, and I know I'm blowing the, the story here, the first female <laughs> ninja with this uh, with this going on. So this is going to be incredible. So, hey, thank you for coming in. I'm Dr. James Perdue, the Professor of Perseverance, and you are listening on the Professor of Perseverance podcast. Cheryl, thank you for being here and sharing your story. Again, Cheryl, I love, and hey, her book. No, that's not her book. That's her book. All right, Forever. <laughs> Fit and flexible, feeling fabulous at 50 and beyond. Again, thank you for being here, Cheryl. And this is going to be an exciting interview. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes. And again, tell everyone else, thank you for sharing your valuable time because we know that our times are valuable, Mm -hmm. that uh, you're sharing your time and how we can help other people overcome some adversity, have some motivation, inspiration, some hope, encouragement to know that, hey, I can get past all this and do something better in life. Cheryl, Absolutely. I'm going to shut up and give you the platform because I'm on, I'm fired up. I want to find out about this sensei giving you the good stuff to move forward on that mat and become the first female ninja. All right. It's yours. All righty. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And it is definitely a long story. But I first met my sensei when I was 44, and he was my acupuncturist before he was my teacher. And the first time I met him, you know, he was putting needles in my legs for the first time, and he got a very far away look on his face and very thoughtful. And he said, you know, with your legs and my coaching, I could teach you how to kill with these things. And now I thought, we're talking. And, you know, you you hear the you hear the old uh, adage, you know, that man, she's got killer legs. So really, you do have killer legs. All right, go ahead. Well, I do now. 
but I didn't then. Uh -huh. And I, I was shocked. I was horrified. I couldn't believe that anybody would think like that, let alone say it out loud. And I'm going, where's my purse? I need to get out of here. But I was literally pinned to the table. So unless I wanted to just jump up with needles sticking out all over me, you know, I was a captive audience. There was nowhere for me to go. So I just thanked him for his offer. And I said, I, you know, I think I'll just save my killer legs for ballet class, but thanks anyway. And, and I thought he was nuts, but he was really mm -hmm. good at what he did. And he had his martial arts school right next to his clinic, his acupuncture clinic. And I kept going back to him because I liked his work. I liked what he did. And he was really helping me with some issues, but he kept talking and talking about the art of the ninja, his martial art, Nimpo Tai Jitsu. And he would go on and on and on. And that was the last thing I wanted to hear about. I just wanted him to shut up, leave the room, let the needles do their work and leave me alone. But he just wouldn't stop talking about the art of the ninja. And it was so achingly boring. But like I said, there I was pinned to the table. Where was I going to go, Right. Um, and he kept saying, you know, you really need to train with me. You need to take some classes with me. I'm like, that's never going to happen. I can guarantee you that. Um, <laughs> never, ever. And, you know, I said, no, thank you. No, thank you. It's just not, you know, what I'm interested in. And then he would say, oh, my art. Women are so good at this art. They're so good because they have something men don't have. And I'm going, I don't even want to go there. I don't want to hear this. And he says, your sensuality, you can just really. And I thought, this guy is really out of his mind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll just lay here and shut up. And, you know, I went to him for several months. And eventually I stopped going because I, what he didn't know is just before I met him, probably about three months before I met him, I had a very traumatic experience in my life. And of course, after that experience, I was trying to get help. Um, I actually walked into a physician's office as a healthy, vibrant 44-year-old woman for just routine check. And I left that office as a statistic. So... As you know, predators are everywhere. They're in every profession. And I just happened to come across one. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, I mean, I was in the medical, medical profession. Um, I was a respiratory therapist for 17 years. And at the time, I was a physical therapist. So I have spent a lot of time as a medical professional. So the fact that this guy could do this you know, to me, who I felt was, you know, pretty savvy, um, what was he doing to other women? And I knew that I wasn't the first one. I just intuitively knew, even though the shock and the horror, you know, was muddling my thinking. Um, the first thing I wanted to do was report it so I could report him and then get help for me and for myself and to make sure that this didn't happen to anybody else. Well, it didn't happen that way when I tried to report it. And I even tried like very close friends and even, you know, my husband and everybody just, no, 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 I don't want to hear this. My husband actually said, you know, this is girl stuff. You go talk to your girlfriends. And mm -hmm. my very best and dearest friend, I tried to tell her and she just absolutely, you know, dismissed me and said, this cannot happen. You're just complaining about, you know, normal things. And, it, you know, you hear that enough and you just learn to shut up. 
So yeah. you be quiet and you tuck it down deep inside yourself and you paste a big old smile on your face and you just go walking around life pretending that everything is just fine, even though it's not. So eventually you can't keep that suppressed for very long. Eventually it's going to come spewing out. And that did happen about a year later. It just came spewing out. And I was, you know, full-blown PTSD, all of the symptoms. I mean, I was really suffering, lost a tremendous amount of weight. And somehow, intuitively, I knew nobody would listen to me. I had nobody to talk to. I had nowhere to go. But for some reason, I intuitively knew I could go to my acupuncturist and tell him the story. His name's Mark, by the way. So I went to back to Mark, even though I hadn't seen him for quite a long time. And I told him the story and he said, you know, I always knew that there was something wrong, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And so he was treating me for a lot of the symptoms that I was experiencing. And then his campaign to get me on the mat went into high gear. He kept saying there is such an incredible healing power in martial arts. And of course, I'm laying there roll on the table, rolling my eyes. And he said, you know, you can, it will help you heal. It will help you get, you know, recover from this. It will help you get past it. It will help you learn some skills. And I thought, I don't see how hanging around in a smelly dojo with a bunch of sweaty men is going to help <laughs> me feel better. You know, and it's like, no, this is not my style. I'm just going to have to figure something else out. Two years later, I was still suffering horribly with the effects of PTSD. And finally, you know, I just said, okay, I will try it. I said, but I'm going to prove to you how much I'm going to hate it and that this isn't going to help me at all, but I will take some classes just to learn a few techniques and then I'm going to quit. I knew I was going to hate it, but obviously I didn't hate it. I fell in love with the art. I fell in love with the training and I really fell in love with a sense of empowerment and, and strength that I gained through the training, even at the early stages when I had no idea what I was doing. And, you know, it was really kind of like a, a almost like a comedy, this middle-aged princess, this aging ballet dancer, you know, in a room full of cavemen, because most of the time I was the only woman in class, even though Mark had assured me he had plenty of women in, in his dojo and higher ranking women who would be happy to take me under their wing and teach me the art of the ninja. So I would have a female uh, role model to look up to who would coach me and help me. Well, that just never really happened. So it was just me and a bunch of the guys. And it was so awkward because number one, here I was wearing this, this gi in a room full of men that I didn't know. I had no idea what to expect, what was going on. Um, and I was so out of my element and so out of my comfort zone that even for the first year, maybe even two years, I was terrified. But I kept going back to class for some reason. And a lot of times I would pull up in front of the, the dojo and I'd sit in my car and I would kind of like rock back and forth going, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. So I would have to build up my, my courage just and talk myself into going through the door rather than turning around, turning the car around and going home. So basically, you know, 
it took a while. I was in the school. I was taking classes. Well, the whole first, I'd have to say the first day even. I mean, I, again, I was terrified, but there were a lot of things that happened. Um, you know, I learned how to kick somebody and I, I actually kicked them with a ballet style of foot right through the gut and poor man wasn't expecting that. Um, so it's a really <laughs> kind of funny story there. But even after that first class, on the way home, I giggled all the way home and I hadn't giggled in a long time, but yet I was still scared. And I went back to class the following week and the following week. And before I knew it, it was time to pay for the second month's tuition. And I'm like, well, I'm really surprised, but I'll write my check. I'm going to come back. And I just kept coming back until after three months of being in the, in the dojo, one of the guys badgered me into testing for my yellow belt. And my goal was never to get a black belt. My goal was never even to get a yellow belt. I didn't even want the white belt, but it came with the uniform. There you go. <laughs> so basically, come with the tuition. <laughs> yes, exactly. So um, basically, you know, he badgered me and badgered me. This one guy, I mean, who is that masked man? But he badgered me until I finally capitulated. And I'm like, just to shut you up. Okay, I'll test for my first level belt. So I did. And I passed. I almost threw up during the test, but I passed. And then three months later, the same guy badgers me into testing for the next belt. And so I did it and I passed. And something really funny happened about three months after that. I decided it was time to test for the third level belt. Nobody had to talk me into it. It was my idea. There you go. And from that moment on, I was just starting to slowly and steadily climb up the ranks. Now, at, uh, early on, you was talking about uh, your sensei, uh, Mark, that mm -hmm. uh, trying to convince you to go. I mean, how many times did you tell him that he was uh, uh, cocoa, uh, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs and uh, that he was crazy to, get, to think that you're going to get out there? I mean, <laughs> well, it, this is wild. It, that, uh, <laughs> I'm glad his persistence was great, you know, to, you know, to get you there. I mean, hey. uh, after I mean, after three years, uh, the average person would go, all right, just shut up. She ain't coming. You know, <laughs> you know, after one year, uh, just mm -hmm. shut up. She ain't coming. You know, but I love his persistence uh, with this uh, to, to help you out. Yeah. Well, interestingly enough, I, I consider myself the most stubborn person on the face of the planet, but I think now that Mark actually has kind there of, you, you know, he's one-upped me. And it's really funny because since we're on the, I'm talking to the professor of perseverance, the Nin in Ninpo, because I studied my martial art is called Ninpo Taijutsu. And Nin is actually a character, the Japanese character that represents Patience and perseverance. Oh, well, awesome. Mm -hmm. There we go. So those are the two, two of the most, well, I wouldn't say they're the most important, but they're two very important um, characteristics and traits of the ninja that uh, we aspire to as we're doing the training, because you just, you know, you pick yourself up and you just keep on going no matter what happens. So now how long did you continue this to get your black belt and when are you considered a ninja, you know, with the first yellow belt, you're considered a baby ninja or, <laughs> or is, 
your full blown ninja once you get black belt? I mean, how power along? How far along is to all that to to, to be term to be determined a ninja? But again, how long did it take you to get to your black belt? Okay, so uh, okay, first guess, of all, maybe it, two different things, I guess. Two different things. So let's go start with the ninja. When when does when do people when are you officially a ninja and you get the little like ninja yeah. badge and all that kind of stuff and you know your little card and you know I'm a ninja. Um, it, it's one of those things that happens gradually. When Mark used to tell me that he was a ninja, it's like. <sighs> How old are you? You know, I thought yeah. this is so stupid. You know, you you look yeah. like an adult. You don't talk. I remember like one. watching Bruce Lee on TV. <laughs> it's yeah. like, and the funny thing is, oh gosh, I hope he doesn't listen to this. Sorry, Mark, but he knows this anyhow. No, I Mark, mean, he, come on, listen, and you can you can you can tell you can tell stories about her. Come on, man, contact me. Well, let me tell you something. Um, <laughs> Mark and I are, are, you know, we ended up having a very tight relationship and we know where each other's bodies are buried. So we know all of each other's. There secrets, you go. But, there you go. There you go. <laughs> but he doesn't look like somebody who could do. I mean, he looks kind of like little geeky and, you know, kind of dorky. And, you know, just you wouldn't believe that he has the skills that he does. And he would always laugh and say that that's part of, you know, the traits of the ninja. It's his that's his ninja disguise. And one time mm -hmm. I was leaving the dojo and he was sitting with another one of his black belts, his instructor black belts. And he, he was kind of a, a chubby guy. And when I turned and they were out of their geese, they were in their street clothes. And when I turned to leave and to bow one last time, because you always do that to pay respects. And I looked at the two of them and I bust out laughing. And I said, nobody would ever, ever expect that you had the skills that you do. You just look so dorky. And, you know, Mark just kind of gave me his dorky look. And the other gentleman grabbed his belly because he was a little, little chubby. And he j jiggled his tummy. And he says, this is my ninja disguise. You're making me uh, think of uh, Barney Fife yes. and Andy Griffith when he talked about doing all his body as a weapon and, and everything <laughs> like that. You're making me think of that. I forgot about that. That's really funny. I used yeah. to love that show. And Barney Fife was one of my favorite. But yeah. And so that basically this is my ninja disguise. Yeah. All right. So, so when are you officially a ninja? And how long again to get your black belt did it take? It took me 10 years. 10 years. Wow. Talking about some uh, persistence and perseverance <laughs> there. Now, in and that's that's not typical. In you know, a lot of people who are listening to this are probably martial artists or have done martial arts um, or, you know, know people who have. So that's not typical for it to take that long. But in the federation that I belong to, it's a very small federation. Um, you know, our the head of the federation used to have his um, dojo in L.A. until he moved uh, to New Orleans and then he sold his his um dojo but he still is above mark and above like two or three other dojos in like the western part of the country so it's a small federation but they have very very um very strict rules as far as the training i'm not talking strict as far as because we're ninjas we're very playful ninjas um love to laugh we love to have a good time so it's not one of those schools that are very militant um it's you know very playful but they really expect an awful lot of their students. So you have got to really know your stuff. They test you at a very high level. And I found out something 
about the time I was at, you know, my third or fourth level belt as I was climbing the ranks, it was like I watched, you know, not only I watched a lot of different tests. So I lot a lot of the guys watching them test. And then it was like, hey, wait a minute. Mark's testing me at a much higher level than he's testing the guys. And I'll bet it's because I'm a girl. So the next day when I had this epiphany, I went to ballet class the next day and I said to my girlfriends, I says, you know, I think Mark is testing me, you know, higher level. And I, and you know, then he does the guys. And there was this, this chorus of women's voices going, it's because you're a girl. And I'm like, yes, I thought so. So I went back to the dojo the next day and I said, you know what? I think that you're testing me at a higher level than the, than the guys. And I think it's because I'm a woman. And he said, yeah, I am. And you're exactly right because you are a woman. And I thought, oh, I didn't expect that. I thought he was going to deny it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, because you are a woman and because of your size and because of your strength, he says, you don't, if something goes wrong when you're, you know, out there, meaning on the street, mm -hmm. if something ever goes wrong when, you know, you have to use these skills, they have power to rely on. He says, you don't. So you're damn right. Oops, sorry. That, no, you're, um, <laughs> you're good. You're good. He says, I do test you at a higher level than the men. And I expect more from you. And it was like, okay, game on. Hey, I, I, I would want, I would want the extra. That's I used to be an athlete and stuff. And I would mm -hmm. want the extra because it only makes you bigger and better and stronger, uh, uh, more mentally strong as well. And mm -hmm. so I, I, I would want the extra uh, once I realized that as well. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the mentally strong or the mental strength, because we, we really do um, build our mental uh, resilience, our mental capacity, um, and our mental strength. And we call it um, building our spirit. We grow our spirit as we're training. And, you know, anybody who's listening to this who is a martial artist understands, even as an athlete, you know what it's like when you're trying to build your your, your spirit, your, that, that athletic mindset is very, very important. So that's basically what we're working on too, is we're training and, you know, it's the warrior spirit. And a lot of people, when they hear that word warrior, they get turned off. I would have prior to you know, being a ninja. And when they hear the word warrior, they think of fighting and warfare and conflict and violence. And that is not the true spirit of a warrior. The true warrior loves, you know, is full of compassion and has a loving spirit and listens to their heart and puts their heart before the sword. Fighting is the last thing they want to do. They want to be able to take care of themselves, their family, their community, nature. They're very, uh, you know, uh, have a love of nature and a love of all of humanity. Just don't cross the line because we have some yeah, very yeah, strong yeah. boundaries. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I can see where it's a lot of discipline and mm. it's not to show what you can do. It's mm -hmm. basically there in case you need to use it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I know other people that's been through uh, some martial yeah, martial arts. And uh, uh, yeah, it's basically they, uh, they've been told, yeah, we don't brag about it. We don't let people really know it. Uh, we only have it in case we mm -hmm. need it. And uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
And that's really, thanks for saying that, because that was another thing that it took me a long time to even admit. You know, I mean, my close friends knew, the ballet dancers knew, because they said you shouldn't do martial arts because you're going to get hurt. And of course, the martial artists would say you shouldn't do ballet because you're going to get hurt. And that's right. <laughs> everybody, leave me alone. I'll figure out what I need to do for myself. Um, right. But, you know, I for a long time, I wouldn't even talk about you know, with people I didn't know, I would never post anything on social media. Well, of course, back then I wasn't doing social media, but I didn't want anybody to know that I was training because, and even Mark would emphasize that. He says, there are people out there who will try and test you. I was getting ready to say, there, he, he, he said it, he said it uh, uh, blunt and honestly, but I would have said there's idiots out there that would want to test you. Yeah, just because they're idiots, you know, mm -hmm. to you, you go a ninja. Oh, yeah, right. And then they would, yeah. yeah. Let's see what you can do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's people out there that, yeah, that uh, they can't handle their own situation. So they want to throw it around to try to embarrass someone else. And, of course, exactly. the majority of the time it backfires on them. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and we, we know how to turn that negative energy around. So hopefully, yeah. But interestingly enough, my father was a martial artist. He had a black belt in karate and he probably started okay. training when he was in his late thirties, maybe, maybe 40. I'm not really sure. Um, and of course I have four sisters. So he always was trying to get my sisters and I to come to the gym and learn a few things. Cause you know, wanting us to be able to protect ourselves and, mm -hmm. you know, it's like never, ever, no, ooh, ooh. So my father put it when I started training, of course, everybody was shocked to death. But my father said that in a much more crude way. He says, you know, there's always going to be some idiot, but he used a different word out mm -hmm. there who's going to try and and test you and try and, you know, humiliate you. Yeah. And that's, I can see again, why people like you, other people, they don't go around bragging or letting mm -hmm. people know that I'm this well-trained in whatever it is. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because too many stupid people will go, yeah, let's see what can happen here. Let me, let me show you. And, and of course, especially when they get that liquid courage in them, some alcohol and then want to prove to their buddies, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I could, I could think, uh, uh, I, I've never had any, karate, martial art, anything like that. And so, um, but I could see again, yeah, uh, why people would, would not advertise it mm -hmm. just because mm -hmm. of that. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because people will ask me even, you know, now, and I still do train, by the way, I still do take classes and I'm considering I'm working on my next level black belt. So that's another story, but, um, let me see, where was I going with this as far as, oh yeah. People would ask me, you know, have you ever had to use it? And oh, yeah. I said, I use it every day. Every single day I use the mindset, you know, especially if I'm having a bad day and I need to kind of turn it around. I remember the life's lessons and the things that I've learned in training and I get back into that kind of mindset and then it's like I can turn my day around. Um, but it's really funny because when you have the skills, you have something like either... I don't know what it is, but people can sense you have some sort of like an energy around you that people don't mess with you. Now, and, you know, there's, they, you know, predators are looking for some, an easy target. And, and, and if they, you, they know how to recognize that. 
right. they 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 look for the ones that the low self-esteem, the low mm-hmm. confidence, walking with their head down, not wanting to look people in the eye. They they know what they're looking for. They know to stay away from someone like you. Mm-hmm. Because you, exactly. you, you you had this confident, this uh, you know, pastel of you, pastel of you out there mm-hmm. that you're not, yeah, the, yeah. These people, they the predators, they know what they're looking for. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Now, now when when you said that uh People say, "Have you used it?" And then you go, "I use it every day." And then, then, then you would be, I would be going, "No, no, no." Have you used it in a defense mechanism against somebody? That's, I, I, that, yeah, I, I'm able to come back with that. Don't, I, I'm glad you're using it every day to get your mind right and everything. No, I want to know: Are you used? Have you used it? Have you had to come out defensively, take care of somebody? <laughs> Um, yes, but not in the way that you might think. Um, one of the first things we learn in our training is get out of the way of an attack, how to evade, you know, evade the attack. And I was so good at it. Even as a white belt, I was probably, I was the best student in the room because anytime one of the guys went yeah, to grab me. You didn't me, want to be there, remember it, uh, with the white belt. You don't want to be, you're going to show them why you didn't want to be there. So yeah, I can see why you'd be the best at that time. I'll show <laughs> you, I told you I don't want to be here. You need me to evade? Heck, I'm heading to my car right now. <laughs> That's exactly what would happen. The guys would try and attack me and I would flip my gi top over my head and go running off the mat, screaming, screaming, don't touch me. (laughs) And they would say, get back here. I haven't even attacked you yet. And I'm like, I'm just going to hide in the dressing room until class is over. I'm not getting back on the mat. I'm not stupid. And they would complain to Mark and they would say, she's cheating. And he said, she got out of the way. That's the whole point. So after I got more comfortable and I stopped running off the mat and I would let them attack me and I'd be able to get a little bit closer. The next thing you learn is, wait, evade, escape, wait, evade and redirect. Oh my gosh, I'm a terrible ninja. I forgot the second one. Deflect, evade, deflect and redirect. So when you think about it, attacks come in all forms, not just physical attacks, Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Especially nowadays with this social media and people oh. getting all these dummy accounts, burn accounts where they go in and make fun of people and bully people. And because they're hiding behind that mystery, the burning account, you know, that no one knows of them. Oh, yeah. There, there's many different ways to attack people mm-hmm. that you don't have to do it physically, mentally, yeah. emotionally, spiritually. Everybody's being attacked every day. Yes. Yeah, so mm-hmm. all right, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's a, an excellent point. That's exactly what I was the point I was going to make. And thank you for bringing up the social media. It's easy to be brave when you're hiding behind a screen or you're hiding behind a persona and nobody knows who you are and they can't call you on it. So bullies are cowards basically. And when oh, yes. you expose oh, yeah. them for what they are, you know, they just go running, you know, with their tail between their legs and they go back and hide in their basement again. Um, but yeah, so all of those different kind of attacks, you know, the the mental, the psychological, the um, verbal, all kind of different attacks. And, you know, they happen all the time. So that one skill of 
get out of the way. Because if you're not in the way of this attack, you can't get hurt. And it's the same thing even with social media. If somebody starts to try and, you know, um, press your buttons or push your buttons, what's the best thing you can do is not respond because yeah, they looking, want. Exactly. They want you to respond so they can up the game a little bit more to get mm -hmm. you even angrier more. Yeah. So if you evade, don't respond. They get tired of playing the game. Well, and not only that, it's really frustrating for them. And yeah, and that's, you know, part of the a little perk too. You know that, you know, that's driving them crazy because they really want to draw you in and 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 engage. But it's just like, you know, you've got that strong spirit, you have that strong inner strength. And I'm here to tell you that I do believe in my heart that there's a black belt in each and every one of us. And I do believe that warrior spirit in a good way, not the fighting spirit. It's is in all of us as well. And we just need to find a way to tap into that warrior spirit. And sometimes life has a way of, you know, pushing us down and life is full of hits. So how we respond to those hits and how we recover from it is what's going to determine the, the, what our life is going to look like. Yes. Um, and I like on your, uh, one of your profiles here that you, you got on here, look like a woman, act like a lady, move like a ninja and think like a warrior. I really like that. That's, Thank that's you. Cool. That's, that uh, actually, that came to me at three o'clock in the morning several years ago. I woke up at three o'clock in the morning and I was putting together a bunch of self-defense classes for women and girls. And I thought I need a tagline. I need something catchy. And, you know, after beating myself over the head with it, you know, while I was awake over and over again, I was just so over it. And I fell asleep. And at three o'clock in the morning, I just woke up and it was like, I think I got it. And I ran, you know, got out of bed. I ran, wrote it down and boom, that was born. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I love it. Look like a woman, act like a lady, move like a ninja, and think like a warrior. Yeah, that, that's 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 awesome. I like that. So thank you. All right, now what's um what's what's the uh, from when you before you started with the trauma you were talking about, mm -hmm. and then going through your ninja program, what can you say was maybe the biggest? uh benefit i guess you would say or transformation or something from there oh my goodness to help you with uh, maybe helped you with the with the ptsd from that trauma mm -hmm. it seemed like the stronger i got and the more that i learned and the more that I could feel my spirit coming back, because it's something like that just, you know, it, it not only does it demoralize you, it's it's an attack on your whole being and your whole spirit. And once I could feel my spirit, that natural, I think I've always been a fighter pretty much all my life, but just never knew how to express it in that way. And once I could feel that not only coming back, but actually growing and expanding, the bigger my spirit got, the smaller the trauma got. Until all of a sudden, it was like, you know, it took about seven years, but it was like, I don't even think about it. I mean, I don't even get triggered. And, you know, it's 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 lost its power over me. Yeah. So. And it's given me an even greater sense of self-awareness than I, I thought I, you know, ever could have had without the training. Yeah. And this is phenomenal. Oh, thank I'm, you. I'm loving, loving your story. So now what uh, one or two piece of information could you 
give to other, I know you're mostly th- um, uh, uh, niches with women, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, men can substitute their uh, mm-hmm. women out and put a man in there. But what two pieces of, maybe two pieces of advice you can mm-hmm. give them to help them get through a situation? Well, not only, I mean, my niche really is with women, but not really. I work a lot with men and, um, and I've seen a lot of the guys in the dojo would seek me out for advice and for help rather than going to sensei or one of the other black belts because they knew I wouldn't judge and I would, I'm very comfortable with them and they Mm -hmm. were very comfortable with me. Um, But one piece of advice is that, you know, you are stronger than you think you are. Amen. (laughs) I tell, I tell, I tell people that sometimes we go through a, a challenge in life, adversity, difficulty, struggle, however you want to put it. And it's to prove to us how strong we really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, All right. I, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. I'm sorry. No, but I'm going to. You, gonna you par- hit a you hit a passion of mine right then. So I'm going to parrot you and I'm going to say amen to what you said. Amen. We are yeah. stronger than we think we are. And, you know, life is full, like I said, of hits. And we all go through hard times, adversity, challenges, traumas, and the way that we respond to them. So just understand, even if you're going through something right now that's really horrible, uh, it's not going to last. You do have tools. There are ways that you can get through it. So that's, you know, the one thing I really want the listeners to understand. And the other thing, you could have even simple things like the way you stand, walk, and move can really make a difference in feeling like you're defeated or feeling like you've got some strength and power in you. Yes, that goes back to, again, the uh, confidence level, these predators, mm-hmm. they know what they're looking for because they can see your outside shell and then they realize when they get to talking to you, then they're learning more about you. Jay mm-hmm. Wright, thank you for coming in, buddy. I appreciate it. And he says, amen as well. So amen. Thank yeah. Thank you, Jay, for coming in, buddy. I hope you're doing great and I hope you're having a great day as well. So, um, all right, uh, Cheryl. Hey, man, this yes. has been, uh, I say, man, uh, you're more of a man than I am with that ninja. <laughs> So, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> but no, I, I appreciate this. Is, this has been exciting uh, hearing this story and loving it and every, every bit of it. So, hey, let's go ahead and uh, we're going to prepare to wrap up here. But if you can um, tell us more about, let me get you while you're talking, uh, your social media, your website, uh, any more about how people can find your book is, mm-hmm. uh, again, Forever Fit and Flexible, Feeling Fabulous at 50 and Beyond. Cheryl. I love. So if you can go ahead and tell people how to get your book, your website, and order the social media so they can find you and maybe they want to uh, challenge you or something. I don't know. Oh, that'd be great. Um, okay. So you can go, you can find my book on Amazon. You can go to my website, which is just CherylILove.com. Uh, you can find it there. You can learn a lot more about me. If you sign up for my newsletter, I have three uh, recorded audio recordings, meditation through movement uh, lessons that you have access to if you want to try that. Um, I also have another book coming out soon. Hopefully I have a call with my editor today. So hopefully I'm thinking it's going to be maybe about a month or so from now. And it is that book. If you could see it, the title is The Reluctant Ninja, 
how a middle-aged princess became a warrior queen. And it tells a lot more stories about my journey into this crazy new world of men and martial arts. And some of the stories are really funny. Um, you know, it's like almost like a comedy act. Uh, there are stories about um, nothing but spirit, strength, heartache, you know, uh, triumph. There's all kinds. Of, it's a real roller coaster ride. And uh, so hopefully what I'm hoping with the book that people will understand that give them some hope and some courage that you can recover from anything and entertain them at the same time. And social right. media, you, you can find me. LinkedIn is a great place to find me. Just look me up, Cheryl I Love. I'm on Facebook and Twitter. Um, yeah. So con connect with me. I'd love to talk to people. Love to hear from you. And for the ones that are listening, not watching on YouTube or Facebook at the moment, uh, for the ones listening, again, she just says, basically go Google Cheryl I Love, and that's C-H-E-R-Y-L, then I-L-O-V. So for, for, the, for that one. And to finish off here with here, I just love her tag she has. Look like a woman, act like a lady, move like a ninja, and think like a warrior. Cheryl, thank you for being here. I'm going to ask you one more thing here, and it may be something you already mentioned, but uh, if you can, uh, we know people hurting and struggling today, and if mm -hmm. you can leave us with a powerful message to help them get through today, that's going to be a blessing for all of us. You know, what we believe is what we become, and people sometimes will put labels on us, and the victim label is way overused. Don't let anybody put that label on you. And remember that you can heal from anything. There we go. Thank you. And uh, we can heal from everything, uh, anything and everything as well. Yeah. It may take a little longer in some things, but as uh, long as we keep persevering, we'll be able to be triumphant. So, Cheryl, again, thank you for being here. This has been incredible listening to your journey. Uh, it gives me a little in, uh, encouragement uh, today again and some hope and, and things like that. Everyone else, hey, be sure to share this out with someone you know that can use some, you know, have a little laugh today. We had some fun today and learning some things and providing some information, some inspiration as well. So do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis. Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast for motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at professorofperseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance.